cold light of day, I suppose it would have been classified as stealing from Woolworth. I was only seven at the time. I was under some stress and pressure, and after all, in my book, it was only a replacement. But their end of week balances would have been out, and their executives would have been wondering about the broken yellow plastic dog with red ears. Tenby was an annual holiday jaunt in those days. I would go down and see Grandpa and Grandma. They lived in number eight Trafalgar Road, just next door to the barber shop. They were grandparents on my father's side, and they were very much down below people with a strong South Pembrokeshire accent. I looked forward to a week in Tenby every year. My grandpa, Jimmy Noble, was a genial, lovely man with a big moustache, turned yellow in parts by his heavy smoking, a flat die cap on his head, and as often as not, wearing a waistcoat, even in warm weather. He was a painter by profession, not, not an artist, but a painter of houses, being a specialist in graining, using a comb to run through the paint to create a flowing design. Their front door at number 8 Trafalgar Road was magnificent, and one of my regrets is that in later life I didn't buy that door. By the time I decided to purchase it, the new owners had painted it blue. I did have compensation some time later from Tenby Golf Club. At a speaking engagement, they presented me with a model of the door, properly grained on a plinth. I still have it. Number 8 Trafalgar Road was an exciting place with an indoor toilet, a large sailing yacht on top of a cupboard in the bathroom, and a parlour that had a sideboard full of silver cups, won by Grandpa's yachts. Actually, Grandpa had two full-size yachts, the Doric and the Elsie in the harbour at Tenby. They were sailing dinghies, really, but to me they were yachts. They were manned for him by a couple of men in the town, Val and Little Jimmy, and they would race in various competitions and regattas, as well as well, take the men out for mackerel fishing as needs arose. I never once sailed in the Elsie. I was a Doric man. Dad and I would often go out fishing for mackerel with Little Jimmy, who had a hump on his back. As I recall, not one of us wore a life jacket. There was no health and safety then. In fact, in a photograph I have at home, I'm seen holding up a small catcher fish, dressed sedately in a non-marine gabardine mac, and wearing a school cap. I was a little afraid of Grandma Noble. She had a slight limp and used a stick. Her hair was tied closely together in a bun with a parting down the middle. She was strict. She didn't take prisoners. I remember one wet day, Mam and I were in the parlour, and we could hear her slowly come in down the stairs, two feet in a stick, in a rhythm that gave a clue that this was no messenger of good news. The clonk of the stick opened the parlour door. In she came, holding in her hand something that looked like wet paper. "'You better talk to him,' she said to my mother. "'When he goes to the toilet, he's using too much toilet paper. "'It's a waste. Train him better.' "'It's hard what children keep in their minds forever, "'because that was a traumatic moment for me. "'I've never forgotten it. "'From that moment on in life, "'I've always been very frugal with toilet paper.' You see, toilet paper was a new experience for me. Toilet paper probably came to Tenby, being a tourist area, a couple of years before Burnhamman. Our toilet paper in the toilet at the back was the Daily Herald, hanging on the nail. The posh people cut it into squares. Grandma Noble probably didn't think it through, so she never realised that in my toilet training, she left a scar in my mind about those personal, private, contemplative, casy moments. Tenby was a place of adventure for a young boy. It had nooks, crannies, alleys, paths, and steps that took you down to the harbour, to the beaches and caves, to the lifeboat station, and on to taking the views of Caldy Island in the south and of Koska Rock and Mungstone Point in the north. Oddly enough, many years later, I was told that the merchant's house in Tenby, the oldest house there, I believe, was where the nobles first lived when they came to the town as coastguards. It was then a tenement building, so several families lived there, but it was nice to have it pinpointed as a previous noble home.
Another noble abode was the house in the parade near the fire station, which has a sad family history. Four of my grandfather's siblings died there of typhoid during their teenage years or early twenties when the water supply was contaminated. Many years later, after I had been broadcasting a short while, I was given the treat and honour of being invited to be president of the Tembi Mill Choir. It was always a very, very pleasant occasion when we go down to see them perform, or join them for their annual Christmas lunch, which is in January, by the way. That must be something to do with the Pembrokeshire pace of life. There is such a thing as the Pembrokeshire promise, I'm told, whereby if you ask for something to be done by craftsmen, for instance, it will always be soon. It's a promise, meaning eventually. With regard to the Tempe Choir, the event I will always remember was when Elaine, Richard and I were invited to join them on a tour to Romania. The BBC agreed that once there I could do some recordings. Romania.